It's the Saturday Friends Club. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Hi, how are you? It's a wonderful Saturday. I hope the sun's shining where you are. It might not even be a Saturday. You could be watching, you could be listening to this to any day of the week. <gasps> the power. I mean, that's the great thing about audio and that you're listening to a podcast of the Saturday Friends Club. Your, you know, nostalgia podcast brought every week on a Saturday. It might even it might not even be sunny at all. It might not even be 2017. Like you could be, you could be in the future. I don't think they could be in the past. Well, I mean, they could if they're far enough in the future. They might have invented a time machine by then. Oh boy, they're um, using it to listen to this podcast. Of all things, this <laughs> was actually we hid the codes. The codes are here. Eighteen <laughs> Zeta two four eight nine. No, no, no. Save they're the listening world. to this podcast while they're time traveling, so they ah, have something okay. to be entertained by. As you're flying through, you like time tunnel full of clocks. Right, right, right. They're like, well. Uh, I'm not allowed to actually take any friends, but I will take my Saturday Friends Club. Yeah, so, like, what did they care about in the year 2017? I understand that they still used water to bathe themselves. How weird. <laughs> not the three shells. Not enough of them. <laughs> uh, but, yes, welcome back. We are your nostalgia podcast, Be You a Time Traveler or Not. Uh, I am Josh. We have Sabrina. Hello. We have Eric. You do. Mags is here. Yep. And we are covering Sabrina's choice for this week. Ooh, spicy. Tales from the Crypt. Because <laughs> we're continuing on a Halloween binge. <laughs> wow, that waveform is amazing. <laughs> Sabrina giving up her war cry before the podcast <laughs> Luck- Luckily, I, I got every... It was a really great Crypt Keeper laugh, and then you kept going, and now the compliment <laughs> just feels weird. <laughs> I mean, I was just kind of like, man, I'm so happy I set her levels low earlier. <laughs> it's like on purpose or something. Uh, yes, so uh, it's it, we are still going in into Spooky Ween, our, our lovely love of the month of October and all things. Uh, may we not forget also, enjoy yourself some Oktoberfest, some beverage. Yes. Which, uh, and coinc- remember not to engage in all of your sugar now. Because one of the greatest holidays, which is Half Price Candy Day, is coming soon. Yes. To a store near you. It comes. It's the best holiday because it comes three times a year. And then you have See All Your Relatives Day. Okay, who cares? It's about well, Halloween. Well, granted. This is about Halloween. That is the American See All Your Relatives Day. And then there's the Canadian See All Your Relatives Day. So we need to remember that for our Canadian fans, you know, that theirs is earlier. Theirs are in October too. When do you bust out the black lipstick? Oh, I always forget. I know that they're like Independence Day thing. I don't really like lipstick. What we had two very different conversations (laughs) going on. We were having fashion chat over here. I know, like lipstick talk and. Do you eat lipstick at Canadian Thanksgiving? Was that the context that I missed? (laughs) Not a sentence I would I, I was expecting to hear, but it's okay. a, it's a great Canadian tradition, similar to the to the hoisting of the uh, Wayne Gretzky. You build another golden Wayne Gretzky statue. But we're not here for spooky, spooky Wayne Gretzkys at all, are we? No, we're here for something much different. Isn't that right, Sabrina? Scary good hockey. (laughs) (laughs) The spookiest of sports that also starts in October. See, best month. Bang. Best month. But let's not talk about that. Let's talk about the thing that Sabrina loves. Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt. And you're probably wondering how the heck I was watching this. Back in the day. Well, yeah, let's talk about your history with this before we get dive right in. Okay, so as you may or may not have heard, if you've heard past episodes, um, my parents let me watch stuff I probably shouldn't have ever grown up watching, but I grew up watching Tales from the Crypt. Um, 
I believe it did originally air on HBO, which is how it gets away with so much stuff. But I'm pretty sure I watched it when it was being syndicated on another channel. No, I'm assuming it's the sci-fi channel because that is seriously the channel that I watched a lot of series that people don't remember or have never even heard of before. Um, Tales from the Crypt, I'm pretty sure people have heard of. If you haven't, then you probably have recently because... M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong oh, is re-bringing it back. No. Which I'm a little worried about, but I'm going to hold my opinions in until I actually see what he does with it. But anyways, when I heard that, I was like, okay, this Halloween I have to do Tales from the Crypt. Um, and when I was choosing episodes for it, I tried to pick I try to pick like a good selection of different types of stories that they told instead of just going for the same thing over and over again. Now, the one episode I did pick, there is one that I remember very vividly in my head. And anytime I think about anything even related to this, this is one of the, the shows I think about. <laughs> um, the other two I picked, one I picked because supposedly it was like, it's the first of its kind. It's the first show that ever did this. And then this, the third one I picked because I'm like, okay, this one's a little more lighthearted. I'll stick that one in there because it's it's out of all the Tales of the Crypt, you know, episodes I've seen, this one's not as bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so if you originally watched on HBO, you'll realize that it has profanity, there's sex, there's nudity. It's, it's HBO. So even back then, HBO got away with that kind of stuff. It's, it's odd because the show... Weird, like the Crypt Keeper intro is very like whimsical and silly, and then you go into this, and it's just like you're saying there's sex and nudity and I violence, mean, and there is always it's a little really bit pulpy, yeah, yeah in the yeah, best yeah. possible way. Yeah, uh, Tales from the Crypt is actually based off of uh, a comic anthology of the same name, but not all of the stories come from the Tales of the Crypt anthology um there were other anthologies uh from the same publisher that they took stories from as well so that's why there's mystery uh there's crimey things it's not just horror scary stuff so that's why there's a good blend of genres happening it's like the twilight zone but marketed at 12 year old yeah well except for the nudity and profanity well and i mean on hbo yeah, yeah yeah i'm not saying like those are good for those but that is what appeals to that age group I, I, I'm thinking about it. I think I know why M. Night Shyamalan is doing the remake. Because it's like, it's an entire show where I can do twist endings every episode. But the thing is, it's not really... It's The, the series isn't really about that. At least not to me. But I don't know. We could get into that later. For me, it's 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 gory. It's scary. It's scary. Quote, unquote, scary. It's black comedy is what it is. So... There's always kind of like this weird where you you don't have to take it that seriously. And I don't think you're ever supposed to take it that seriously. It makes fun of itself. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it has the, like, that level of subversion of camp. Right. You know, right. like it's very deliberately like taking the piss on uh, whatever it's doing. Right. You know. And that's why I like it. And I think even though I was a kid when I was watching it, it was never really that scary. I always looked forward to when Tales of the Crypt Tales from the Crypt came on. It was always one of the shows I always looked forward to watching. And I don't know, maybe that's why I'm the way I am now, because I just grew up watching this kind <laughs> of stuff. Living in an apartment full of skulls. Yes. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't know. It it's I don't know. I love it. And they're uh, Picking only three episodes was really hard because there were some like other really 
good ones that I wanted to pick and I thought were hilarious, but I, I don't know. I thought they were hilarious. I don't know if you guys would have thought they were hilarious. Um, and okay, so l- let's see this. Nobody else has had any like dealings with Tales from the Crypt or had seen any before? Mm. Oh, yeah. No, I, I used to watch this with my dad. Oh, okay, so this you have... sort of like glorious, campy... Uh, uh, like didn't need to think about it too hard, but had like had just enough thinking that if you wanted to think about it, you could like that kind of like, and you could argue about it for a couple hours or whatever. Like the my brother, my dad, and I would watch like this stuff or other stuff like this on the same time slot on Sci-Fi. So like, I feel you here, Sabrina. Yeah, I feel you. Like this was good. Like, uh, like silly, campy, ridiculous cheese ha- ham and cheese sandwich sort of like glory. That like like as a kid I I loved right like I didn't like honest sincere horror like I didn't watch uh, like a horror or a thriller movie until I was like uh twenty five twenty six I was a grade A chicken like this sort of <laughs> schlocky camp horror was like a lot of fun to me right. so I was super excited when I saw that you'd picked these episodes mm-hmm. like this show and I was like dude yes sorry Josh <laughs> no 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 you're good. For the no, I've got that taken care of <laughs> I was like dude yes. You know, just, like, really excited. And then, like, when we started this first, like, the older episode, it's, like, just beautifully camp horror. Mm-hmm. And, the, like, knowing the camp, like, just the tropes and, like, just, like, uh, like sincerely buying into them, but also, like, playing with them. Like, I mean, right. it's, 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 it's a comforting ham and cheese sandwich. Yeah. Okay, Eric? Uh, I, I've never seen the show before. Okay, and I have not seen any of it before as well, uh, predominantly because, A, no HBO, and B, I'm an enormous wuss. <laughs> I just yeah I think for me it was just never had HBO well I never had HBO either like I said I'm pretty sure I watched it later once it was syndicated yeah I want to say like this was syndicated on sci-fi I want to say it was part of like their Saturday block yeah I'm pretty sure I saw it on I, sci-fi like, I would too. not have watched this in the dark good lord like if this had to air probably like maybe 11 o'clock because otherwise my chicken grade A chicken ass would not have watched it <laughs> <laughs> all right well I think we've uh, gone on a bit how about we get into the meat of it go down into the crypt Meet the creep, keep it, creep, keep, creep, hook it, hook it up to the meat vacuum. Yes. <laughs> and uh, go ahead and hear some tales from the crypt. All right, and there you go. Tales from the Crypt. Are you ready for some fucking puns? <laughs> is it the, is Are you it the, ready for some great bad jokes? The dad jokes of the of, of yeah. HBO. This is, this is undead dad jokes. Like, All right, so Sabrina, ugh. let's uh, break it down. The three episodes that you chose. Uh, do you want to go ahead and announce them now, and then we can pick through the bones? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, so the first one I picked, um, I picked because this is one I remember very vividly. Um, I don't know what it is about anything that has to do with dummies, but they always really get to me. So I remember watching the ventriloquist dummy um, back when I was watching Tales of the Crypt when I was a kid. So I had to pick this one. And honestly, when I rewatched it again, I couldn't stop laughing towards the end um but yeah so this was from season two uh episode 10 it's called the ventriloquist dummy it was based on a story from tales of the crypt issue 28 it was directed by richard donner and it starred bobcat goldthwaite and don rickles two comedy gold mines i'm a nice guy 
Yeah, so the synopsis for that one is a young ventriloquist played by Bobcat, wants to improve his craft and seeks out help from his old hero, Don Rickles. But he soon finds out about his own hidden secret. This one, this did not go in a direction that I expected. Right. No, um, this was this was a good surprise. Yeah, that one, that one was definitely a good, <laughs> a good weird one. Um, and that was probably the goriest one that I ended up picking. Uh, the next one is from, sorry, it's hard to look at the, uh, season three on episode nine uh undertaking parlor and this is also from tales from the crypt of uh, the shoe number 39 and directed by michael tau and this one is a group of young local kids played by jason marshton scott foltz aaron eisenberg and jonathan key kwan i apologize if i mispronounce any aspiring to be horror filmmakers break into the local mortuary in order to see a real dead body However, they soon stumble upon a sinister conspiracy of murder and greed involving the town's pharmacist, played by Graham Jarvis, and a local mortician, played by John Glover, in which the boys themselves plan to expose by taking the law into their own hands and film evidence of the mortician murderous dealings, all whilst the situation itself becomes quite uh, very personal for one of the boys as he seeks to avenge his late father, who had died in the past from poison asthma medicine. And I don't... Okay, they say past, but it literally was a day or two ago. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was a drop... Yep. And uh, You Murderer, which is the third one, I skipped down since it is season six, episode 15. I got a lot to say about this episode. From Shock Suspense Stories number 14 by Robert Zanekis and A.L. Katz. What year did this air? Uh, This would be 19... Yep, 95. Uh, Do you have the synopsis up? Yeah. Go for it. Uh, Lou, a corpse who bears a striking resemblance to Humphrey Bogart, portrayed by him through Archive footage, which... By the way, was the first time they ever did this in a show. Uh, tells a tale of deception, lust, and murder in a morbid homage homage to film noir. Oh. It also stars John Lithgow Woo. as Dr. Oscar Charles, Isabella yeah. Rossellini as his ex-wife Betty, and Sherilyn Fenn as his lover Erica. And Sherilyn Fenn was also in Tweet covered as well. Yeah, since like, I mean, and John Lithgow was in Memphis Belle. Yeah, so is, a lot of classics returning. Uh, and that's that's one of the things I really like about uh, sort of Survivor of the Week episodes, uh, shows like this, is that you get to see a lot of these like glorious character actors who don't necessarily get to shine or be the star in any other vehicle, but like you get to see some like good Bobcat action in this. You get to see some great John Lithgow action. Yeah, it made it really difficult to pick which episodes to do because I could just pick the ones I remember, but then there were so many that had like act good like good actors in them or even good directors, and it's just like oh, there's so it's seven seasons to choose three episodes from. I mean, if you just look at the the seven seasons and just the the collection of names inside of here, I'm just going to scroll my eyes. I saw Tom Hanks. Uh, I saw Michael McDowell. I see Tim Roth. I see uh... Tim Roth is one of my favorite character actors. Like he's such a great, like Weasley, twitchy kind of dude. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, go through here a little bit more. John Lovitz. John Lovitz is in here. Kyle McLaughlin. Uh, Eddie Izzard. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, like, yeah. It... Actually, the last season of Tales of the Crypt, they moved production over to England, so there you'll notice that it's going to be all British ac- Iggy actors. Pop. Yeah. Like, yeah, there, there's just, there are so many John Stamos mm-hmm. slash. 
Arnold Schwarzenegger. Tia Carrere, for those nine people who were really into the 90s. <laughs> she was the hot chick back in the day. Another tie-in with a past thing, Adam West. Mm-hmm. Adam West. Uh, also had some famous directors like Michael J. Fox, Tom Hanks, and Kyle, Kyle McLaughlin, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who also had a cameo in that episode. So, um, yeah, there is, there's definitely a lot of like history and a lot of people who rotated through the doors of this. Like the, the, the who is included is an enormous paragraph in the world's probably longest run on sentence. <laughs> yeah. As if we didn't have a good one that last episode. Yeah. Uh, so, um, which one should we start with? Um, well, we can do them in order that they aired. So we can start with the ventriloquist dummy. All right. So the ventriloquist dummy, as stated, we've got a... Uh, I don't have a synopsis, so I'm going straight off of memory here. Try, you know, danger to everyone. Uh, but we have Don Rickles' character, a, uh, a seasoned veteran of the ventriloquist, just killing it out there on stage. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just everybody's just... I mean, a, a veteran of the ventriloquist wars. I know, you know, just... And, you know, this Even is when ventriloquists were the hot stuff even, even though his jokes were mostly dirty and not actually that good that is a ventriloquist <laughs> that, it, yeah i was gonna say like that the crowd is like lapping up his terrible jokes right yeah. and like he's got a really sort of like greasy sleazy like well not greasy but a sleazy 50s sort of vibe to him and like it's clearly like 1980 something yeah like that hair that hair um yeah i want to talk about how many women in this show like they got that friend dresser hair <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Yes, they do. Like multiple it's like dressers upon dressers in this in this episode. Hey, it, it was all about that that big perm. Well, it's that like, big perm. It's a perm. Hair it's a perm, to but it's like worked forward like it's like it's like the bore of a tidal wave that just kind of <laughs> loops over the top of your head. It's yeah, very, it's gotta look puffy. It's like a hair facade. You gotta look like a poodle. That was the point, to look like a poodle, I think. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just just assuming. So he's up there telling these terrible jokes with this awful, gross, sleazy uh, dummy of his. Uh, Yes, and just going like, hey, you know, I've got this dummy. And the dummy takes a liking to a lady out in the crowd. Mm -hmm. And then there's a a little bit of talk of like, oh, you know, we should go out after. And like, no, 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 we, we, we shouldn't. And Women then, are like hot for like '90s Don Rickles. And then the dummy's <laughs> like, "No, we should spend some time together." And Don Rickles looks real sad. Aww. And then there's the fire, and <laughs> and then a model house burns down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but, if you all saw that, but if you look, if you look at the actual like, they're, they're a very quick shot of the fire, and it's like eh, that's a model. Yes, yeah. that's like but a we tiny, for- a tiny amount of flame. But we forgot to mention that earlier. Bobcat Goldwith's character, a young boy, so happy and excited to finally meet his hero, gets to meet him. And, <laughs> and you know, Don Rickles says, you know, if you can ever seek me out, you know, and I'll, I'll, help, I'll give you some pointers, kid. And he's like, wow. Even though his mom's like, he's going to be a doctor. Don't, uh, don't. I, I, I'm going to guess that no child has ever said, golly gee. Like, that's not a thing that's ever been said. I mean, it only happens in movies. Maybe. I mean, I've never lived in the 1950s, so I don't know how that went. Man, well... Oh, willikers! It's one of these days, I'll get into it. Maybe we should bring that back, try and get, try and just to convince some kid Gee on the school. Whiz. Yeah, Jiminy, just Jiminy Jillikers. These are these are all the hot words, kids. These are the words your parents don't want you to know. <laughs> Click through for the seven slide slideshow. Yeah. 
So, uh, as said, he gets to meet his hero. Obviously, you know, just like, I'm going to become a ventriloquist. Like, that's a bad idea, but all yeah, right. This is a shitty dream, and you should give up, give up on it immediately. So, as said, there's the fire. The model house burns down. And lady then it's dies. Like 15 years later. He ages like 35 years. <laughs> I know. He is. 10 at most in the opening shot and then it's 15 years later and he's like balding with a so ponytail. 35. Yeah, so he... That's he, Bobcat for you. He Well, yeah, but like couldn't they have just advanced... I like also like the, 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 the scene where they show him like practicing before the show, he has no ventriloquism skills. Right. Well, I think that's kind of the thing. He wants to be a ventriloquist and goes out there just just drowning. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves yes. a little bit. So, uh, pretty much Don, uh, several years later, we see Bobcat's character go and finally meet up with Don Rickles at his house. Knock, knock, knock on the door. I need to talk to you. No, go away. You know, opens the door, finally gets inside and starts asking, you know, the usual rather pointed questions to Don Rickles of like, so things kind of changed that night, huh? You seem, to, li- you seem to live in a crazy Unabomber cabin now. How's that going for you? <laughs> you seem to be isolating yourself from everything you've ever loved. So I should invite you three, mi- three hours away to the open mic, right? Even though you see that my hand is wrapped and it's obviously I can't be a ventriloquist anymore. You look, you look like you live in a set from the X-Files. Yes, so that's another thing. Don Rickles this entire time is wearing this black sleeve over his right hand. You know, just like, oh, whatever. I just got yeah, this thing. My I hand think, is injured. Yeah, I think I think initially you're supposed to be given the idea that he burned it in the fire that happened 15 yeah. years ago. So I think that's what everyone's assuming. But right. it's Tales from the Crypt, so you know that's not quite the case. There's got to be a twist to it. <laughs> so Bobcat's like, hey, Don, you know, come see my ventriloquist act. And Don's like, I'll think about it. But then lo and behold, he shows up because for some reason he feels like... I don't know. He feels something. I mean, it, it's I could understand that. It's like, hey, this is somebody I l- know the craft. I like the craft. You know, it's you know, it's I I could see it. He's just he's being a nice guy. And then you know, as we said, Bobcat goes up there and kills it. Yeah. No, no, no. Literally. He kills himself. He well, might as well have died this, on this stage. Honestly, yeah. confused me. Cause, like, I know the idea is like he's supposed to suck, but it, like he acts like in the fifteen years he's never learned how to be a ventriloquist or has never been on stage. Never been on. Well, it was his first time yeah, on stage. Yeah, that was his first time. I, in 15 years? Yeah, well, he said something about he wanted his first time to be on the stage that um, Don Rickles' character had been on. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Wow, that's bad. Yeah. So He's he, bad at his job. But granted, he went out there. He had zero material. No, he had he no job. Had, yeah. he, his lips move. Yeah, he, he was really super awful at actually being a ventriloquist. 15 ventriloquist. years later, did not understand the base part of his craft. But granted, that was also the most brutal crowd ever to have been assembled by <laughs> yes. anyone. Well, but it's like a bunch of people in like a, like a roadhouse bar, roadside like bar, but everyone's dressed up real nice. It was a very confusing crowd. Yeah, it's like that, that, that bar scene from uh, the Vanilla Ice movie, you know, it's just... Yeah, it's the teenage hangout, yeah. late, but there's ventriloquism instead of like vanilla ice. Yeah, just <laughs> hanging out and <laughs> dropping fat rhymes. He's got like yeah, he's just like dry humping a woman and like in front of everyone else. Down by yeah. law. And if uh, I can pull it back to vanilla ice, I'm oh, yeah, gonna yeah, do yeah. it. Um but yeah. Was that he happened. ever on Tales of the Crypt? Uh, no. if if he oh. could have, it would have been amazing. That would have been 
Fucking fantastic. It would have been like when Justin Bieber was on CSI, I'm sure. Yes, the, he has not been on on this. Perhaps maybe M. Night Shyamalan can w- fix that. Was I also wrong in that Like when the first when they show the first woman, she's got that friend dresser hair, and then it's 15 <laughs> years later, and then like, everyone's like, the next one comes in, and she's like even more poodle-haired. Oh, like, yeah. There's no showing that like time has changed at all. Right. Like, it, like, the, the, it, the, the time jump is 15 years, so it, it com- has to completely encapsulate the 80s. So maybe it's a woman, she, it's like the first one, the 80s, and then 15 years later is now, and it's like, she's just like, I got my, I'm going to do like a throwback haircut, I'm going to get a perm, <laughs> I'm going to go to the ventriloquism club, it's going to be well, great. Well, this, this was still the early, this was still 1990, 1991 when this film, when this was filmed, I think. Yeah, the 80s hadn't yet died. Yeah, so the, yeah, the, so the big hair over. thing was still going on even then. Well, then 15 years prior would have been like the late 70s. I think there's some problems. <laughs> I mean, of all the what? things we want to worry about, it's the women's hair. Oh, I'm very worried. All right. So I said he uh, he dies on stage more or less, and by die he doesn't actually die. He just tanks up there. Finally, meets back up with Don Rickles and is just like, "So how'd I do?" And he's you like, were "You terrible. know, you know how you did. You were awful." And he's like, "Oh, you should stop being a ventriloquist." And he's like, "Oh, okay." And then. Don Rickles looks over, and there's that pretty lady who had moments before asked for a drink, and his hand was trembling. His hand compelling him to walk over, and later she dies after Whoa. watching Bobcat throw his dummy against a dumpster and hearing a scream. And at first, I was confused. I was like, "Wait, is that supposed to be the dummy screaming?" Right, or the whole time I was waiting for like, uh, 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 uh. oh, a haunted dummy. Well, how original. But then he goes running off, and there's like, oh, there's people around this car, and there's that lady, and she's all bloody and shit. And there's a whole bunch of gasoline, but it hasn't been lit, and they have to specifically say, nobody light up! Nobody light up! That was Because like, everyone smokes. That was a very like, clumsy and weird like exposition yeah. scene. So uh, Bobcat, knowing that it was likely Don... Uh, the, Somehow drawing character. a line between that and the previous fire from 15 years ago. Well, he did kind of like just bolt out of there, so it seemed just a tiny bit suspicious. I don't think they knew who it was that bolted out of there, though. Well, I think he knew that he had left. I just, I, I'm beginning to think this episode might not be just 100% solid. So he goes, confronts him in his house, and goes like, I know it. You set the fire. You did it like you did it. Well, you he, were... catch, he catches Don Rickles like junking up like... That's my morphine. Injects him, yeah. 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 And it's just like, I know you did it. And Dom Rickles goes like, all right, you want to know the truth? You want to know what it really is? And then proceeds to unwrap his hand and reveal his twin brother. I'm not a dummy. I'm a real person. But they're like Siamese twins and some weird. I've never heard of Siamese twins like this, but. No. Yes, he. No, it's like he incompletely ate his twin in the womb. Yeah, with his hand. Like, and pretty much his his brother's like torso is at his wrist, and then where his hand would be is a deformed-looking person. Well, basically, it's a big old deformed head, and then two small little arms that just stick out like this and just wiggle when he moves. And hence, <laughs> whenever he was doing his dummy act, merely his brother was wearing a mask. He wasn't a dummy at all. Nope. He was a real person, and the real crazy murderer is him. Because he, he hates women. He wants women, but yeah, he can't have th- them. This is an interesting twist. Like, okay, how can we twist the 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 haunted doll gimmick? Like, I know. He's a murderous, misogynist, like, hand thing. Person, yeah. Uh, no, and I, I love this. This starts, like, the, the sort of, like, 
camp horror, super gory, everything's ridiculous. Oh, I like, I'm, I was only sad this didn't go full Evil Dead 2. I know. I mean, it, it's kind of crazy because the, what proceeds to happen is they're like, we should kill him, and he takes the meat cleaver, and he's going to kill Bobcat, but then he decides against it and chops this brother off of his hand, and we go like, okay, cool, yay, this is how it's going to like end. Like a four-minute yakety sax, sort of like where the, the deformed fetus person is like crawling around the kitchen, and Bobcat is, is, is running around with like a baseball bat, awkwardly swinging at stuff. It's like playing like zany calliope music in the background. And yeah. they're like, and they're like trading jokes, even though they're both trying to kill each other. And Don Rickles dies because the the small brother is able to jump onto his neck and somehow rip out his like entire neck just because. And everyone is covered in gore. And then like Bobcat Goldwave finally catches the 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 the, the brother hand and I was like about to shove it through a meat grinder. Yeah, like a hand operated like mill. Like it's. This seems to a counter in a very fancy way for somebody who's living out in the fucking woods. Yeah, this seems like this cool. seems like a slow, ineffective way of actually killing somebody. I mean, gruesome is all hell, but fucking gruesome. But pretty much, he goes like, "No, hey, buddy, I'll make you a ventriloquist. I'll, I'll, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. anything. I can help you." And so he becomes Bobcat's well side act. He becomes the dummy for Bobcat, and he goes back up to that same stage. And starts to kill it. He's awesome. <laughs> People are losing their minds. They, they Bras love this are act thrown. from fifteen years ago. Yeah, I was like, like the jokes are no better, but everybody is losing their shit. They're just they're loving it. And then a pretty lady walks up close to the stage, and the ventriloquist dummy turns his head and takes a look. And Bobcat's like, no, 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 buddy, listen, we agreed. Not this way. You know, you can't. You can't. He's like, change at hand. Change of deal. And then Bobcat screams, pulls off the dummy to show he is now fused with his own hand. Yeah, they don't quite explain like what the, how that worked. And then everybody else just walks out of the uh, the bar and it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Awkward. Ah, <laughs> oh, you guys, you ruined the mood, Bobcat. Never mind. It's- we're not weird, gonna... your weird body horror like ventriloquist act, right? And like, it's not like it doesn't look like he cut off his own hand and sewed the human on. It looks like he fused it into his own hand because like there's fingers now where there didn't used to be. Yeah, it looks like it just fused, which means he was just kind of like stubbly sitting on his fist. It's weird. So, and Ugh. that's the ventriloquist dummy, Sabrina. You're feeling after seeing it again from so long. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Is that what you thought as a kid? No, I was scared. <laughs> I, I did not like that uh, episode at all. When all I was right. a kid, this, this it scared some... me. Anything that involves dummies or dolls freaked me out when I was a this kid. This was some heavy-hitting acting for Don Rickles. But <laughs> just those those jokes, those jokes that the stupid, like, conjoined twin or whatever was throwing while he was being attacked, it was just hilarious. And, oh, my God, the meat grinder scene. Oh, my God. Again, yeah, it's just some, this is some John, there are some John Carpenter like puppetry at work here. All right, the other end of the table, the peanut gallery. What were your feelings? <laughs> I love how just absolutely over the top this was. Like, it wasn't complicated. Um, it was really quite simple. And, like, there's some things where you're like, oh, thematically, this makes sense. But, like, thinking it through, you didn't pro- provide me any answers. Like, how did Bobcat Goldwith get the dude on his hand? Like, uh, but, like, this is also might be the most subtle acting I've ever seen Bobcat Goldwith do. <laughs> I was only like this for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so like, uh, it was fantastic. Like it was maybe a little bit more gory than I would really like to watch, but like as a, Hey, I'm watching a couple of these to talk about with my, it was, yeah, it was I'd, a good time. Yeah. I'd say that. I, I just like, I was like, this is, this was weird. Like <laughs> thoroughly gross out in that sort of like garbage pale kid sort of way. Yeah. It was pulpy and weird. I yeah. think it was just like, oh, all right, this is, this is, this is fine. This, if everything is like this, I can enjoy it. So, uh, let's move on to the next one that we have coming up. I have to assume that is going to be. Uh, let's see. It was the one with the uh, parlor. Well, the word, the power? word we can't figure out. Poor lore. Poor lore. Let's see. Let me try and find it. Sabrina, you. Hi. Undertaker's parlor. Yeah, the Undertaker's parlor. This Pallor. one is like a trip. So yes, I uh, have some real questions about this one. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so the undertaking parlor. Uh, let's see, the group of young kids. Um, well, why don't you, you go ahead and start it off, Sabrina? Um, well, this one I picked because I thought it was a bit lighter than the other ones. It wasn't as gory, and it was your typical a bunch of kids do something <laughs> that's against the adults. And I thought it was just like a lighter one to pick because the other ones are kind of heavy, heavier. Bunch um, of cartoon children. But that's the point. So, yeah, I, I picked this one just because I thought it was lighter and maybe it was like a good, like, let, let, let's let not be as dark, I guess, as the other two. So, yeah, a, a bunch of kids are like, hey, we're movie buffs. We love like spooky, creepy movies. And, you know, oh, one of us has a camera. Ha ha ha. Spooked you out because I was in this cloak with a camera. <laughs> I was I was the predator, apparently. And then the kids are like. Well, how about we make our own movie? It's like, well, what do you mean? It's like, you ever touched a dead person? Because like, <gasps> stand by me. Ooh. And so they decide to go into the local um, mortuary. I like that the kids are like absolute rock hard caricatures of whatever they are. <laughs> yeah. Just like there's a kid with a leather jacket. There's He's a, so Brooklyn at heart. There's a little greaser kid. Yeah. Um, there's like the fat kid who's wearing like an ill fitting jacket. And like um, a backwards baseball cap, and uh, like nobody loves him. The the Asian he's the Asian kid is short round from Temple of Doom. I did, I looked it up. and I was like, oh, that's why he looked kind of familiar. Um, like slightly, I think slightly older in this, and, and um, he has much better characterization in this one. And I forget which one it was, but one of the other kids is Nog from Deep Space Nine. <laughs> so there are some there's some you know '90s kids actors working in this episode. Oh yeah, no, this is so 90s. It's so good. So they enter the mortuary to take a look, uh, pull back the the piece of you know cloth over the body that had been lying there to find out it was their librarian. They were like, oh, we didn't even know she was sick. Like the worst dummy ever. And then yeah, it was pretty bad looking. Oh yeah. Dummy. And then as they're taking a look, the uh, the pharmacist or the mortu- mortician uh, yeah, arrives. Mortician. Uh, and so they all have to hide inside of the room. The, the mortician, who's this kind of like Doctor Zimbardo looking motherfucker, <laughs> comes like comes walking in with like soda and a pizza. Yes. Yeah, and he does that like great like you know it's a horrible mortician when he arrives in the operating theater with like food. I I okay because this this is where I have like the my first real question like what is he doing? What do you mean? Because he's like it's framed like he's doing something weird and deviant. Is he just like, is he actually just doing his job? What's going on? Okay, so he comes in and he starts talking to the corpse like he knows her and also like that they're in a relationship. So, like, you're never, you don't ever get established if, like, this guy just has a thing for corpses. Yes. Which would be, like, classic pulpy stuff. 
Or if they actually knew each other in real life. Based on what he was saying to her, he said something about why didn't you ever like say yes when I asked you out. Oh yeah, so he's a creepy nice guy. So and he's, he's only able to get with this woman in the afterlife. And so yeah. like he's gonna get. Yeah, apparently he's asked her out before, and when she was alive, she told him no or something, and thought he was creepy. And and that's why I'm like, ooh, this is where we're going with this one. But then like he, uh, mm, like, and then he hits her with a rubber mallet. Right, to make her smile, apparently this is how uh, morticians make people smile, is hit them in the face with a meat tenderizer. No, it was uh, like a sledgehammer. It was. Like it, two, was. it was huge. Two-handed affair. Yes. Which I, I would I don't know if this is a thing they actually do or not. I, I'm, I, I have strong doubts. I'm going to bet I hope no. not, because that seems like that would damage the face even more, even though it, they're already dead. Well, this, this, this clashes with the first scene from that movie, Bernie, which is really good, by the way. And um, then uh, we have the uh, mortician sticking a tube into her side as a whole bunch of fleshy, gross, yes. decayed body bits go into They show this. it later, and is he just preparing the bodies for the display? Like, so uh, uh, removing uh, gut pieces can be part of how you prepare yeah. a body. Right. It depends on the how you're preparing the body for viewing. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, are the kids watching? Are they just grossed out because it's like a dead body and he's like removing guts and stuff? Yeah, or well, is... plus it, it smells. Like, when you cut up someone's guts, right, it's right. going to smell. And I mean, he's also but... being like weird and casual with it of just like, and now time to grab some pizza <laughs> and have <laughs> some Pepsi. Well, I let's thought he was let's gonna... take a, a, a carefully placed uh, sip of this delicious Pepsi Cola. Yes. Pepsi paid big for this product placement. Um, I know, but it, I, I I couldn't figure out if it was like, is he just being weird and cavalier about it, or is he like, is he gonna like kiss the corpse, or like, is he doing something that like in this world's universe that morticians that, don't do? In that specific scene, I don't think so. I think he's portraying all the tropes that people think morticians are like, like they'll eat around the dead bodies and stuff like that. Which they might, I don't know if they do or not. Um, but it's when you're a mortician and you're around dead bodies all the time, you, 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 you do get used to it. So now I don't think they would show that amount of disrespect that he was showing to her. At least not a good mortician. Well, he was straight like creeping on this like dead woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like we said, he it looked like he had a thing for her when she was alive. So. So. At this point, uh, we pretty much have established like the mortician's really weird. The kids are hiding around the room and need to figure out a way to sneak their way out. And finally, when the door rings, they get their opportunity and make a run for the uh, for the back door. Except for the kid that's in the coffin because he can't get out fast enough. Right. So he has to hide under the coffin mm-hmm. uh, to try and stay, you know, uh, out of sight. To which the uh, the local pharmacist comes in and a hideous plan is found out. Or actually, all we know is is somebody with uh, with a, what snake snake skin, skin shoes. shoes. Yeah. They make a he makes a big point of that. Yes, but uh, you know, it's just like, oh no! It looks know. like the the pharmacist is uh, prescribing people medicine that is actually ends up killing them. That way, the mortician can get money from preparing their funeral, which is like the probably a really dumb plot point that I don't think is very plausible because it's like. Really, you need to force people to die in order to do your job? That yeah, makes no sense. That's the, His plan makes no sense. And it's like, 
I'm going to murder people to spur like the mortician industry in that I run. I feel like that's a very short-sighted plan. Yeah. Well, how about just the fact that like are not enough people dying? Like that's not established. What's going on? Yeah. So the snakeskin boot uh, character that is totally not a pharmacist that we're aware of at this point, uh, you know, states like, "Hey, I think you're. Te- I I should get a bigger cut out of these." And, he, you know, he goes on to say, like, oh, don't worry. The next one we have is going to be a nice big cut. You're going to get a bunch out of it. Don't worry about it. You know, it's not a big deal. To which the kid, finally, they finally leave. The kid is able to escape. And, you know, it's just like, oh, man. You know, later in later the next day, it seems like, goes like, oh, man, I heard this thing. It's all sorts of crazy. They're talking about drugging this dude's, like, uh, you know, um, was it? Doing something with his asthma medication asthma medicine. to make him die, yeah. And so they're just, like, just going to do that. To... Oh, oh. Um, yeah, so so they're, they're talking about, like, uh, dosing this guy's asthma medication, and so they're walking over to their friend's house, and, like, they see him crying on the porch, right? And they're like, oh, what happened? And he's like, Oh, my dad died. And the guy's like, one of the kids is like, oh, did you look? that's what the guy was talking about. And they're like, be chill for a second. Yeah. They're like, clearly show Dude, this kid be some. Cool. Be yeah, cool. Yeah, be cool for a second. And they're like, oh, how did it happen? He's like, oh, it was an asthma attack. Did, did he take medication? I'm like, this is middle America. Shouldn't everybody be able to afford asthma medication? But right. fine. Wait, wait. And they're like, yeah, but it didn't help. And then they finally tell him the story in a slightly chiller way. And the guy was just going to blurt out. And then like. And they're like, oh, we're going to figure it out. So they take the video camera and they're going to uh, film proof so that even if they get killed, and then, then there's going to be proof for something to happen. The yeah. episode shifts in a weird way and it becomes like a found footage movie all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. A little it's bit. Like, it's like, it, yeah. It, um, it was strange. Yeah. So I, they, have to, they have to go find the identity of their first step is to go find the identity of the guy with the snakeskin shoes. Yeah, so they go to the pharmacy and they can't see behind the the counter. So one of the kids goes in and steals one of those skin skin magazines. It's like a, it, to get the guys to come out from behind the counter and it, search him for some reason. Now we should probably say in the year twenty seventeen, um, <clears throat> a skin way, magazine. Way is. back in the day, the only way to get pornography was through magazines or the woods or or the woods where said magazines were hid. Yeah. <laughs> to which they were called, these nude mags were called skin mags. Did, did they sell, uh, it, it had some terrible Playboy pun name, but like, did they sell like porno magazines at like a pharmacy? Like right in the front rack? I mean, you could still get, I mean, I remember Borders and places like that would totally have them. They just have like Whoa. black. But I don't know if they would have them right in the front. It's, I thought they would always put those in the back. Or like a back counter area. I don't know. It's, it's you pacing. You can awkwardly for... ask for like, can I, have my, can I have my latest issue of Giant Jugs, please? Yeah. <laughs> can, can I have an, uh, an episode, uh, issue of Spanx? Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, good... Thank you, stout human, for this purchase. So they find out that the lead pharmacist has the shoes. The pharmacy owner. The pharmacy yes. owner yeah. has. Oh, I want to say that like they're they're filming him like surreptitiously through the window, and then he comes out at some point, and he's like, "Oh, like we, like there's plenty of pretty girls on the street you could be filming." Right. right. Like, Hi, what creeper. The f- wait, what the fuck was that? Why are you pointing the camera at me? There are plenty of 
adore sweet girl. Oh yeah, got creepers. Yeah, those are... so, I think that was a nineties thing. We were we were supposed to listen to. That. Yeah, yeah, seems reasonable. So <laughs> so from here we're back at the mortuary and they come up with a plan to sneak one of them inside. So they pretty much have one of them knock on the door, hold out, say that they are holding out a bag of medication from said pharmacist. One of the boys works as a delivery boy there. Right. So that's oh, how they okay. had this plan. And then yeah. he drops it on the ground, uh, to which it makes a smoking look and. They run away with the mortuary guy following after, and then they can sneak inside and plant their friend with the camera. That was it. In a weird window, which I'm like, how do you not yeah, see that was him? Weird. But they also see that uh, the mortuary, the mortician has been uh, double crossing the uh, pharmacy owner. He, uh, for instance, for like the uh, the librarian's funeral, he said, "Well, it was only fifteen hundred dollars." When really he got four thousand dollars for it or something like that. Yeah. So he's double crossing. So they start taking evidence of that uh, to give to the uh, pharmacy owner, so the double cross can be revealed. And then what they do is they put the kid up on the uh, on a ledge, you know, where he can hide In with front the of camera. A and then we have a little bit of just like I'm hanging out here. Oh no, he's here. All right, time to record. But oh my no, the battery's low. low. Oh well, we took care of that. I now I guess. Uh, and then God, what happens they next? Uh, the guy false finally the annoying. pharmacist guy shows up again. Yeah, yeah, pharmacist guy shows up again. Says like, "Hey, you double cross me." Guy's like, "LOL, no. Hold on, I got the information <laughs> right, right over here." here. Whack. <laughs> Yeah, bites him upside the head with that same mallet he used guy, to punch the dead lady's face to make her smile. That guy, that guy gets a lot of use out of that sledgehammer. I bet he's like, you know what? I bought this for a discount at like the hardware store. Good purchase. And then I forget how he proceeds to kill him. He like ties him. He, he like ties him down and then like pours acid in his. Throat. Oh, that's so true. the battery oh, acid. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, how the hell did he get the battery acid if it broke and spilled? But I'm sure you would just. Get like a car battery. You can it's just you know yeah. standard mortician's battery acid. Yeah, you know. But yeah. yeah, they had to do like a really bad take where you see his like mouth frothing, and then the the mortu- mortician passes in front of him, so you block line of sight. But when he moves, he it's at a different angle, and now it's pink because obviously he's blue. And yeah. then at this point, they've got enough information on him, so the kid up in the in the window says like, "Hey, we got you." And he's like, oh, I'm going to get you. And then another kid appears with a camera. And then another. And another. another. All four of them. All four appear with their cameras saying that they're going to take him down. To which the guy's like, no, no, no. no. You give me those cameras. I'll shoot your friend here. First he pulls out like. A knife. Like a, so a weird looking knife, and then he like grabs the guy's gun. They're like, "Oh right, there was a gun here." And to which all the kids are like, "Nah, this don't scare us at all, bro." And proceed to roll the giant sheet, the the weird circular table on top of him. Or, I, I don't know what the hell that is. No, they put they push the the yeah. lady from the beginning that he was working on in the beginning of the episode. They now push her at him, so he stumbles. But the other kid's holding on to the vacuum that usually sucks the guts out, and <laughs> he basically impales him accidentally, quote unquote. And then sucks out its innards. Yeah. And, and he right. Hoists it on his own petard. Yeah, For some he, reason, like... And the, then you look back and the lady that's dead is smiling. Except <laughs> the dummy is it's a terrible one, so she's just kind of like... Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a really you weird smile. You can't see that face he made, but right. just imagine... It's grotesque. Just, uh, it, uh, just imagine how a horse smiles. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just like that also, like, 
Yeah, the, the, the librarian's body was kept on some sort of like operating table that looks like one of those things they strap you in at space camp and like these yes. directions. It kind of looks like that, but it's like for a body. And also, like, and also, like, a similar thing happens in Night Before Christmas. <laughs> Weird. That's like the next thing. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh man, is that continuity? Shit. Weird. Um, Forward continuity on for our you time podcast? travelers. No. Stranger than you no. think. Uh, all right, and so that takes care of that one. Oddly enough, I thought there was going to be a twist on that one. Yeah, this one, like, kind of was like, oh. No, this was a, like a really straightforward sort of mystery plot, and like. I just liked how everybody like was playing it to like this goes up to eleven creepy mortician guy up to eleven Bronxy leather jacket wearing kid up to eleven fat kid getting made fun of by everybody up to eleven yeah, little leather jacket you got some stones to mess with me see I fat almost kid. I almost thought that what was going to happen was they were going to take that part at the beginning where it's like oh you want to make a real movie and it turns out that all this was just like them playing a prank on one of their friends like to make them think that they were that all this was happening yeah. so that they could get like a real scary movie out of it it feels it like an amazing could've... elaborate plan for a bunch of 12 year olds I know but it, I mean, no I'm saying that would have been amazing it just seems like yeah there, you could have done more to juice it because there's not really like there's a hint of a supernatural ending to this, but it's mostly just like, oh, we found this like weird, creepy guy who like is making money by killing people. Okay, whatever. We found this terrible, corrupt plot in our small, wholesome town. Right. Uh, again, I think that I think that also takes place in Derry. Very possible. But, it's, it is another collection of yeah. young kids. I mean, like, it's it's not a super pharmacy. strong episode, but you know, I just thought it was something different. It felt very like this is pretty typical. Yeah, I meant like different th- for the series, not that it was different from other. Right. So, uh, let's get into the last one that we have. You, comma, murderer. Okay. I so have... this one, um, like I said, is per- is noteworthy because it was the first. It was one of the first shows ever filmed that used computer effects to digitally insert actors into an episode. Also, to top that off, the episode was directed by series producer Robert Zemeckis, who had recently directed Forrest Gump. Which explains the beginning oh, sequence God. where you have the uh, crypt keeper pretending to be Forrest Gump and telling really bad puns about chocolates and new guts. Yep. Yep. And Alfred Hitchcock does show up in the beginning oh, sitting next him. to him. Mm-hmm. Oh. They used this, the, like, they had Humphrey Bogart in the actual episode. They did the same thing with Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock. So, okay. Yeah. Well, explain the plot for those because I got some real I got some real problems with the episode. Okay, so the plot is basically this: from the beginning, you're told that the guy the guy tells you that he's dead. So in the beginning, it, it, he's showing you how it happened. So you sh- they show him, and in first he's yeah, and for, you're in first person, so you only see him when it's a reflection. And the whole episode and, is done first person. We yeah, should say. Yeah, so he's at some sort of meeting at wherever he works, and he gets a call where his wife tells him, I'm not dead. I know you tried to kill me. So he drives home and to figure out what's going on, and he finds his friend on the floor who looks like he's passed out. But when he goes close to him, he shows up and he has a gun. Now, later in a flashback, or before that in a flashback, you learn that this his his friend is like a plastic surgeon and what happened was he had plastic surgery and he made him look like Humphrey Bogart cuz i guess he was a con and he was running away from the law i i remember he has the before and after photos yeah and i made a comment on this one of like 
the the before photo is just a still of Humphrey Bogart and the or that's the after one and yeah. the before is the same photo but like with a they, dopey mouth they've got like the most terribly composite on like a like grin on it and it's like yeah. what the fuck is this yeah that was really weird but anyways so he goes there his who he thought was his friend pulls a gun on him and he finds out his friend and his wife are actually lovers so they have plans to make him look like he's killed he's killed himself uh but that plan doesn't work and she knocks him out with this big statue with boobs on it so they're freaking out because they're like now he has nipple indentations on his head so now they're trying to figure out a better way to make it look like he killed himself he's dead but he still can see and hear everything from first person as the corpse yeah because he's like there's no white light i'm still here and i can feel everything and they're dragging his body and a lot of pains to like give you reflective surfaces to see humphrey bogart's face yeah like at one point they hang him in a closet and like the you see the mirror in front of the closet as you're looking somewhere else you can see humphrey bogart swinging on like a coat hanger or something it's just a stoic face because you know he's dead he sounds like humphrey bogart and the whole time he's dead he's like making cracks and he's just like talking like he's from just looking Bogart. at you kid yeah you know. yeah. yeah they make lots of references uh, well, to what, what time period is supposed to be because all the cars look modern and the photo looks modern but like that his assistant's hair is very 80s it's very 80s but then like his, well 90s but yeah he goes to his apartment and his wife is dressed like carmen san diego and <laughs> like yes, it's in black is. and white and it suddenly becomes well, very noir and i'm like okay what the, the fuck is happening? well yeah it's supposed to be like film noir but the the lady that plays his wife i guess is the daughter of everyone in this episode is someone oh you yeah here we go this uh isabella rossellini uh is what she's doing is she's parroting her mother who apparently she looks a lot like ingrid bergman oh that's her mother oh yeah ingrid bergman was her mom so she was parroting her mother well, and she's the character she plays the the female oh. lead in casablanca and she was also um, in an Alfred Hitchcock thriller. So this movie is just is like layers upon layers of references. Uh, yeah, really old film noir references. This yes. feels like, I don't know if any of you have seen Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. No. Mm-mm. Oh, it's a Steve Martin movie uh, in which they insert him and some other actors. Like, they insert Steve Martin and, and a ridiculous story about a dead cheesemaker into a bunch of old noir films. And as somebody who had never seen any, when somebody proudly showed me Dead Wear Don't, Pla- Wear, Don't Wear Plaid, I was like, that was really interesting. I don't understand what's going on. Or like, you're right. looking at me like, this is especially clever. And I feel like I'm missing something. And if you don't know a lot about, or at least a little bit about film noir, watching this movie is a lot like, this looks like you, I can tell that you think you're clever, but I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I my, my overall problem with it was just like, why? Oh, we'll, we'll get into it. Keep going with the plot. We'll do the, we'll do the breakdown. Okay, well, um, Erica, who I guess you also find out was his lover at one point, or, or what is his lover, um, because his wife was thinking he was cheating on her, shows up because she, re- she noticed that he left so quickly. So she came to check up on him, but the other two get her to leave, and then they somehow get him into the trunk of his car, and they drive him somewhere, and I guess they have plans on burying him so there's no body to find so they don't have to worry about making it look like a suicide or anything just bury him and then they'll and then the hope is they never find his body so they pull him out for some reason and prop him up in the car while they're digging his grave and um erica i guess followed them and she pulls a gun and she's like i'm gonna call the police but she can't get through to anybody so they kill her yeah worst police ever they're like all of our lines are busy like 
all of your lines are busy. Yeah, that makes no sense. On 911, what? Yeah, but I guess when they shot her, they also shot um, they, they Lou, sh- the main character, who I, which causes him to fall over and hit the stick, which causes the car to start rolling down the hill <laughs> that it's on. Because they had to bury the, his grave at the bottom of a hill. They've got the body stashed in the car, and he says, "Like, good thing she was a she was a good enough shot for it." Because like he kills her, and the bullet like severs his neck and his spine, his, his spine, his spine, and so he yeah. falls and he releases the parking brake, and, which then proceeds to crush Oscar and Betty yeah, in I, the I, grave. I, by I, the way, I want to ask about that one because like the car just rolls over them, and when they show the police later. The car has been, looks like it's been launched from a catapult and it's just like pinned them into the ground. No, no, no. Like it's angle. in the grave that they dug. Right, but it's like it's like the back end is sticking out of the ground. Well, well yeah, because there's they dug a grave. The grave oh. and the car rolled. I don't think the physics of this work out. Well, well I that, don't that think was it does. The, that was what they were trying to show, though. It was like it they rolled, they fell, it pushed them into the grave and crushed them. Uh, okay, is yeah. what it was trying to illustrate. But yeah. also, I like how they looked at the car in terror and kept backing up instead of moving to the side. Yeah, right. people do that all the time, though, in film. I mean, that's. Yeah, no one true. ever thinks to run to the side when just you jump out of the way. Yeah, just get out of the way. Don't run straight in front of the thing you're running from. It's <sighs> so I, mean, I don't I know. Maybe people really are that dumb. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'm gonna but I just like because the car was moving so slow, you could tell. You were like, just take two steps to the left, John. Let's go. Also, I just noticed that when they died, they were facing the car. Yeah. So they would have been running away from the car, gotten into the into the like the pit no, and no, turned back to look no, at the no, car. No, no, no. They didn't no. run into the pit. The car pushed them into the pit when it hit them. Well, then they would have had to rotate they were running, while... They were, well, no, they I were understand that part. slowly. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. They didn't... They weren't, like, turning and running from the car. They were, like, looking at each other and then looking at the car in horror and then, like, backing up because it was moving slowly and then it started... I imagine, I guess, it started to gather speed. Yeah, this is, like, yeah, one they of don't, the parts. The problem is Humphrey or Lou is <laughs> leaned over in the car so he doesn't actually see it happen. In fact, you don't see what happened until some paramedics or some or police show up and pull his body out of the car, which I thought was interesting for them to want to do. Yeah, first. Just immediately move some of the bodies in this like obvious murder scene, and then and put then, them in a body bag, and there you go. Well, and then he goes, well, and I'm still here. There's no light, and blah blah blah. He, and then he goes, you know what? You're gonna know soon enough. <laughs> oh yeah, and the paramedics <laughs> look at him, and one of them says, "Hey, does that guy look familiar?" And he goes, "Nah." <laughs> and, just, uh, and he's cracking wise all the way to the end. Yep. So it's, what are your feelings on it, Eric? Because you obviously have some. Why? Why, <laughs> why, why was this why necessary? This, why is this episode of Casablanca? Like, I understand the interesting challenge of like, okay, we're going we're gonna to whole cloth make an episode and the main character using like old footage. I get that. Technical challenge, interesting. Why is it Casablanca? Like, why is it Humphrey Bogart and we've got like Ingrid Bergman's daughter? Like, why? It didn't, like, Casablanca and everything did not make any, have any relevance to the story at hand. Okay, well, here's the thing. Every Ooh. single episode is based on a, a anthology comic. This sure. came from Shock Suspense Stories number 14. So I guess if we want to know the answer to the question, we have to find the original story it was based off of. I guess, but like, I, I get the impression that I think, it, like, I don't think any of the Casablanca stuff was there. And they're just like, you know what? It'd be cool if we could do this. Um, well, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid came out a couple of years earlier, and I feel like it was the film. Right, but it was, it's just that idea. But, like, 
the actual the idea of using Humphrey Bogart and having a bunch of Casablanca references, like, why? Okay, hold on. I don't know if we... And, and so it was odd. And I will say this is funny. This must have been a thing in the 90s where someone did this and everyone's like, oh, we got to do that too. Because there's a Deep Space Nine episode just like this where the uh, the crew of Deep Space Nine go backwards in time and they take place in the Trouble with Tribbles episode. And it, these are the same technique. But they've, they've been composited, like, they're doing things in the background of that episode. So this must have been a 90s thing. Let's see. I'm doing a quick search as well alongside Sabrina. So let's see if any of these pop up a whole bunch of disgusting ads or anything. Uh, Let's see. The whipping, the blunder, you murderer. Uh, Doesn't mention anything about Humphrey Bogart, at least from the (laughs) synopsis. So so it's odd. And like the the, the compositing I thought was actually like pretty good for the time. But there's a couple spots where it's obviously a still. It's supposed to be him in a mirror, but it's an obvious still photo of Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. So he's just kind of like. A couple places where you're like, oh, that's actually, huh, you, huh, that was really skilled. Somebody right. really, like, spent a lot of work doing that. And sometimes you're like, that's, you're reflecting a still photo on, like, something that's kind of round. Good job, yeah. buddy. And, and Erica, his, like, secretary slash, like, affair is Audrey Horn from Twin Peaks. <laughs> Twin so, Peaks everywhere. A lot of Twin Peaks today. So, so and... It was an interesting episode from that technical aspect, but I was mostly just like, why... I kept looking for some greater like meaning as to why they were doing Casablanca. And I was like, no. Just- I mean, you have to understand, these are really stories meant to have a real meaning. They're just meant to... I, I thought, but I thought like, th- there might be some greater... It might serve the story and it might reference it more heavily, but it's like... Right, no, it's not it's thematically just... important that he's Humphrey. He looks like Humphrey Bogart. And right, it's Casablanca. It's... Literally anything else, and the story would be the same. And wasn't that you know Humphrey Bogart actually doing his own voice? No, no, it wasn't. No, no, he's okay. he's long dead by this point. No, okay. So somebody just com- making doing his voice. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Well, unless we have anything else to say on you, murderer. Overall feelings of Tales from the Crypt. Oh, Sabrina, you did have one. You did have a few or one more that you were. Like, oh, if I could have, if I could have given a fourth or more, you would have suggested. Uh, there was a couple that I saw that I thought might be, um, I mean, I don't have time to look for the name of each Uh, episode. what was the name of the guy, the guy in one of them that you were like, Kyle oh. McLaughlin. Yeah. More, speaking of Twin Peaks. Uh, is that spell K-Y-L-E? Uh, let's see. Do-do-do. So you can go up. There was Kyle one. McLaughlin, as ye sow. Uh, or actually, no, it's probably Carrie and Death. Yeah, Carrie and Death, Carry on Death. That one's about uh, an escaped convict, and a police officer catches him and handcuffs himself to him. Um, he kills the cop, but the cop swallows the key to the handcuffs, so he's forced to carry this cop around while he's trying to escape. And all the while, there's this vulture that keeps bothering him. Um, and then at towards the end, uh, I don't know, I don't remember what happens, but he ends up like dangling from a cliff. The only thing holding him there is the body of the dead cop. Except eventually, somehow, his wrist tears at where the cuff's holding him, and he falls off the cliff. And you see him; he's still alive, but his neck is obviously broken. And there's the vulture, who he's been cursing at the whole time, pecks his eyes out. And he's yelling, I'm not dead yet, until the vulture's done with him. And the best part is when the, the camera pulls away and you see the dead body, because it looks so bad. But <laughs> it looks so bad. I started laughing when I saw it. Um, and there's a really cool episode with Kirk 
Douglas and his son, Eric Douglas, called Yellow, which is based in World War One. Uh, that one I thought was really interesting. Um, but you'll have to... S- that one's longer than, nor- than their normal episodes. Um, uh, so yes. that's one of the reasons why I didn't pick that one, because it was longer. Yeah, use uh, this episode to pay homage to Stanley Kubrick's 1957 film, Paths of Glory. Yeah. Whoa. Man, that's a deep pull. Yeah, that, that that one's pretty dark. Also has Dan Aykroyd. Yep, Dan Aykroyd. Um, yeah. But Dan Aykroyd Kirk and his crystal Douglas skull. And Eric Douglas. That was supposedly his the first time he was on screen uh, with one of his sons. The first time he shared the screen with one of his sons with Eric in that. All right. And with that, feelings on Tales from the Crypt. It was interesting seeing this. Like I could, I could definitely see like if I if I had HBO as like, as, like younger, I would have totally watched this. Like, oh, this is cool. Like you're saying, it's pulpy, it's fun, it's like, it's spooky, like some episodes can be gory or whatever, but no, I I enjoyed it. Like, I could see, like, I I can't really see myself, like, going and binge watching this, but it's like, oh, I'd seen this referenced a whole bunch. Like, I knew what Tales of the Crypt was, but to see it finally, it's like, oh, that's cool. Um, like this, like, Tales of the Crypt is classic and made by people who love classics, like, and that's very clear. Like, these are people who have, like... Uh, thought a lot about what they're writing in, whether that's this weird Casablanca episode, you can tell that they're talking about something that they love. Um, and some, so sometimes you wind up with episodes that are like a great big what if experiment or like, wouldn't it be cool? And somebody's letting me, so I guess I'm going to, um, but like, I, I just love the sort of passion and enthusiasm shows like this bring to the, like, this is, you know, like, it, like you said, it wasn't something I would go and binge watch. I might pick a couple episodes to watch with my friends, you know, um, uh, and I like, I have really fond memories of watching it with my dad and like in an environment where like, oh, these ideas are kind of cool. They're really outlandish, but that's not anything actually against, you know, they didn't need to be realistic, just had to be kind of cool. Yeah. And like, I like that sort of like young nerdling enthusiasm and, and uh, like, I just have a lot of fond memories and it was good to go back and watch it like as an adult, who's a little bit less afraid of watching scary things and just seeing how like campy and ridiculous and lovely they are. Yeah. I, I could see this back in the day, like being something that would have spooked me up, like completely out. Like <laughs> I, I was, I was a vulnerable little boy. Um, but you oh, know, see, I was just a grade eight chicken. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and obviously we didn't have HBO or, you know, and I wouldn't have seen, I wouldn't have looked for it anyway, because it's just like, why would I want to watch that when I have video games? Yay. I mean, video I'd, games won't scare me. I didn't really look for it either. I watched whatever my dad had. Be. And it was late at night. So you knew it was neat. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I watching it, I'm like, all right, I gotcha. I, I, it's one of those things we're finally seeing is like, oh, okay. This was what was behind the scary door. <laughs> you see what I did there? Wow. Uh, and your feelings? Um. Yeah, I still like it. It's fun. It's gory. It has a lot. Mi- I don't really ever. I mean, it's thirty minutes. It's actually it's less than thirty minutes. It's standard twenty two. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't go into it expecting it to be amaze balls. It's but it's interesting. You did say in your research that there was a bunch that did not hold up whatsoever. Like you, you did say that there were ones that you did go back to that you were like, I watched it a little bit and just eh, it wasn't gonna. I feel like Funeral Parlor, Pallor, or whatever it is, isn't like it's the one that holds up least of the three. Yeah, for me, like the effects are a little goofy. Uh, like you can tell that the thing they're fascinated is one of the things that they're fascinated by is like camcorder technology. And now that we have a phone always with us, like that one's less inherently interesting. Right. Whereas like 
classic movies are always going to be kind of cool and like dolls are always going to be motherfucking creepy. Well, I th- okay. They're, they're dead bodies in any of the pretty awful. Like I said, the one where they show Kyle McLaughlin's dead body and obviously a dummy, it looks bad. But other than that, some of their other effects turn out pretty cool for the time. Yeah. All right. Last call for Tales from the Crypt. Uh, cool show. Lose the Crypt Keeper. Okay. The Crypt Keeper <laughs> is the best oh. friggin' part shots fired disagree that's why it's called tales from the crypt it makes that you have to have an attachment to all the stories otherwise it makes no friggin sense i I understand he's the framing device but he needs to like have more setup like just one really good pun and like no that's not the point he's He's supposed to he tells bad jokes he's supposed to tell Uh, bad jokes that's the point keep it to one no really sell it just no juice it one really good no No. Not like rapid fire, <laughs> no. like eight lame ones. No. Josh, I think we need to split them up. <laughs> it just needs, just sits That's there. That's the just, best part. I, I just want to see, I want to see that part of the Crypt Keeper where he's just like, and this time, no, no, I can't do it that way. All right, come on, you've got winter. this, you've got this, you've got this. <laughs> that was the winter of my you're discontent. Pro- you're a professional. You've got this. Don't don't let the jitters you get you. You went to school for this. Mm, Fuck it, do it live. You've been doing this for 500 years. It's fine. Voice. He sounds like the monarch. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, well, well, we just see the vulnerable side of him. He's just like, I just want people to accept me. Where's my Emmy? I want to say that there were like the Crypt Keeper crossovers with other like camp horror stuff, but I don't, I don't remember any. Well, there was. I feel like I saw him, that puppet, and Elvira once. Supposedly, there was a kids show that featured him, mm-hmm. which oh. I there was a cartoon. Oh. Well, there was an actual kids show which apparently they used the same puppet for, but I don't know if it was like a competition or something stupid like that. But I never heard of it before, which I thought was weird, cause like I don't I don't even know what channel it was for. Uh, let's see, Tales from the Crypt Keeper, an animated series aimed at children. Yeah. Yeah, that would be it. On but a wasn't there also a game show they used him for? I'm looking at one thing at a time. Uh, let's game see, N- Tales from the Crypt Keeper and New Tales from the Crypt Keeper. Uh, this was a show on uh, around. Oh boy, when was it first aired? Go down here, 1993. To 2000. But was it like the same old like Tales from the Crypt or what was what were those shows? Uh, telling different horror stories to the viewers, each with a lesson to be learned. Uh, the Crypt Keeper has rivals, the Vault Keeper, and the Old Witch, who continually try and steal the show from him. Wow. I don't think I've ever seen anything for shows. I... I did not remember that until this moment. <laughs> it was so did you, did you see it then, the animated series? Yeah, I want to say it was either on Fox or Cartoon Network. Uh, it shows here that it was YTV in Canada and ABC in the United States. Okay, I was completely wrong. But it was huh. I, I want to say it was on ABC's Saturday morning lineup. It was on CBS from, two, from the 2009 to 2000 run when it was renewed. 2009? Uh, two, two, sorry, 1999 to 2000. Oh, wow. Weird. Let's so take this thing and make recent. it for kids. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it, it's like that, like, sort of, it's got, like, a, a schlocky urban legends. Like, I like I totally see this. Like, you would just right. tone down the gore a little this is, bit this is, and still that, make it, but, like, more gross-out humor. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, it t- tone it down. Are you afraid of the dark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, less scary and more, like, gross out, as I remember correctly. Oh. With a slightly urban legendy sort of, like, emphasis on, like, don't do dumb shit, like, wander in the woods in the middle of fucking night. I know right. I'm cursing don't. a lot. I'm really sorry, Josh. 
No, wow. that's, it's fine. I'm showing her. I'm showing Sabrina images of the Crypt Keeper, who is green and uh, you know like light, wispy have, blonde hair. I might have like a, seen. He looks that. like he's on Space Ghost Coast to Coast in that shot. <laughs> that's Ooh. so weird, huh? I yeah. Wow. Um, and what a, and yeah. there, I know there were movies uh, that were basically where he told. I, there was one where he told three different stories or something, and then supposedly they had three full full movies that were supposed to be connected um, in some way. And they had two that came out and one that was never released in the U.S. until years later. And when it was, they didn't release it as part of the Tales of the Crypt trilogy that they were doing, apparently, um, until later. Um, so there's definitely movies. I think I've seen one of the movies, uh, one of the, the ones where they had like three different stories. Uh, but I don't remember. So, are you still saying get rid of the Crypt Keeper over there? He's not going to change his mind. Make make the Crypt Keeper great again. No. But he was... he was. Oh, hey, I have good news. What? Oh. Uh, the M. Night Shyamalan reboot isn't going to happen. Yeah! But that means no more Tales from the Crypt. Well, but for no now. More, but then Shyamalan also won't be... like He he needs to be... They even made a trailer for it, though. That's what confused me. They a lot of things like it was get, a thing. Yeah. A lot of things get like announced and then removed. Yeah, no, this was announced just in June. TNT is not going to move forward with the series according to legal rights issues. Oh. Shyamalan really needs to like be in director's jail forever. Like he needs to stop being allowed to make movies. Well, he wait. does better when he's a producer. I've yeah. noticed. Well, wait till we watch Sixth Sense because I actually want to go back and see. Ooh, that's. But that that's... was a good one. I know, but I'm wondering how is, good is it actually? Is it, yes. Is it one of those movies that like we go back and we will see? Is it still good? Yes. Also, I could we could watch Signs and I could scream and scream and never scream good. at that movie. That was that never I, good. Ugh. No one likes that. Movie. I never, I never. When I first watched it, I didn't understand what was happening. <laughs> mm, like I had movie. to go back and watch someone else to s- explain the movie for me to understand what the fuck happened. The aliens are vulnerable to the thing that is most on this planet. Yeah, it's literally in the air. It yeah. makes up seventy <laughs> percent of the surface. But that is not this. That is something else. It, it is a feature almost unique to this planet alone. And you want to know what else is a feature unique to this planet alone? Podcast. Satfriendsclub.com. Yeah. The Saturday Friends Club Twitter at SatFriendsClub. Uh, and uh, you can go ahead and find us over at Patreon at patreon.com uh, slash SatFriendsClub. Um, yeah, you could you could help us out, you know, if you enjoy the podcast and everything. Uh, and also there are perks and benefits of that where you could, you know, join the Discord with us and, you know, hang talk out and talk and get stuff. We do, do still have stuff where Martin has to, like, provide you the what is erotic video on there, you know, just in case you are I don't interested. know if I'm looking forward to that or frightened of it. I'm <laughs> both. I really want to... All things will be revealed. Uh, let's see. And beyond that, uh, thank you all for listening. We love it, each and every one of you that spend your week with us. Um, next week, I believe it is Mag's Choice. Yes, I picked the uh, terribly classic and incredibly cliched Nightmare Before Christmas. Awesome. So, you know, you choose your double duty. Is it Christmas? Is it, uh, you know, Halloween? I figure the burden of decision has been removed from me (laughs) by choosing this. It's just it fits two holidays perfectly. I like to plan ahead. All right. And with that, we will uh, we will leave the rest of you to the remainder of your weekend or week or wherever you're finding us. So let's go ahead and take care of this. Sleep well, everyone. Good night, ghouls and guys.